Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm your host on Passionate World Radio. Thanks very much for joining us today. We're going to be talking about the theme of time. How often do you say to yourself, oh, I haven't got enough time for this? Mm. Or when things aren't going your way, you think, oh, God, the hours are dragging by and every mm. minute seems like a day. Mm. You're waiting to go in the root canal treatment, mm. for example. <laughs> um, it, or the opposite, when something is ahead of you and you can't wait just oh, to sort of get it and, and eat it up quickly and you're home wishing, wishing away your life. If you think about Christmas, which is uh, that dreaded C word for some people, and something <laughs> yes. of huge excitement, your know, children are already ramping up now, aren't they, for Christmas? And it feels as if it's never going to come. And there really are parents who are thinking, oh, there's only so many shopping days <laughs> to Christmas, and I've got so much to do. <laughs> time is a finite resource, as far as we know on this uh, plane, mm. time is a finite resource. Yes. And if you live to 70, you have only so many hours. Mm. And they, when you're in your 20s, it seems like you know, a, an endless amount of time. Yes. And of course, the closer you get to 70, the more and more precious those days and hours appear. Yes. But I wonder whether uh, the people who are, are involved in, in this program with us mm -hmm. actually think about time and the way in which they use it. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my pet hates is complaining yes. and listening to people complain. Yes. And it's not, in a sense, the complaint itself that I find such a, uh, a pain. Mm -hmm. It's the, the, the people get onto a treadmill of complaints mm -hmm. um, and they complain, but it goes nowhere. It's like sitting on a rocking chair and expecting to travel forward. Yeah. It just goes back and forth and back and forth. And I think how much time is wasted by either complaining mm -hmm. or by listening to other people complaining and nothing changing yes. as a result of that. Yes. If you're going to complain about something, then it needs to be followed up with some action to change something. Yes. The worst feeling in the world is that sense of, well, that's five minutes of my life, I'm never going to get back. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we, all of us, engage in activities that have no sense of purpose, no sense of that they are in any way having a positive impact on moving us forward. Mm. And you, when I work, particularly when I work with clients who come to me with their professional hats on, one of the most common reasons that they come is that they are in overwhelm because yes. they haven't got enough time to do all of the things they need to do at work. Yes. And very often because it's impacting on their personal life, their personal relationships, which are getting neglected yeah. in order to do whatever is required of them at work, yeah. but they don't feel they're doing that either, and they end up doing nothing well. Yes. And I think you know, the, the business of 
feeling that you're fighting on all fronts and that there's not enough time to do anything properly, then has an, in, an interesting impact on our sense of the possibility of time mm. and it foreshortens it. So instead of having you know, the day as we think we have, mm -hmm. that day feels as if it's become much shorter mm. because our very being is taken up with worrying about that there's not enough time mm. which fills some of our time. Yes. That's a bit of a paradox. Well, time of course is relative. <laughs> That's very I'm true. not going to quote the mathematical equations because no. it's far, far, far beyond me. But uh, it is, apart from being a mathematical reality of, of the universe that scientists have, uh, have to a certain extent proven, but each of us can feel that, can't we? Yes. In that if we, if we decide purposely to slow down yes. and take time over certain yes. aspects, then we will find that actually time has felt longer. Yes. So, although time often in modern lives can feel like it's a constantly, you know, piece of sand, grain of sand running yes. through our fingers, we can never grab hold of it, we've never got enough, there's always too much to build the day, I've never finished what I wanted to, and, and so on and so forth. Actually, uh, I, I think the point about time is that it is within your control, that you can slow time and use it to your advantage but you do have to do certain things and behave in a certain way yes. in order to do that. And if you listen to somebody like Deepak Chopra, or mm. um, there are a number of people who mm. talk about the importance of meditation, for example. Mm -hmm. And I know from my own situation that there have been times when I think, well, I can't meditate, I haven't got time. Mm -hmm. I can't take mm -hmm. time out of, of, of all of these things I've got to do, yeah. busy being busy, yeah. to actually allow myself the time to just stop, yes. to breathe. Yes. But what I've found is that when I do, and I, I doesn't need to be you know, an hour sitting contemplating a neighbour, yeah. that I have a mindfulness exercise which I, I use and use with clients, which literally takes three minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is having done it, and I'm going to share it with you in a moment, but having done it, mm -hmm. it feels as if there is then more time, more, more um, space within which to operate. Yes. And it's a very simple exercise. You sit somewhere quiet, mm -hmm. and I have been known to go to the loo and do it yeah, there if yeah, I've been yeah. in a busy place, or yeah. go and sit in the car. Mm -hmm. And you sit with both feet on the floor, with your bottom really well back into the seat, mm -hmm. and close your eyes mm -hmm. and take some deep breaths. Mm -hmm. And as you take those deep breaths, just allow those breaths to slow, and that you breathe right the way down, down past your knees, and as you do, you breathe out the stress of the day. Mm -hmm. And do that three, at least three or four times. Mm -hmm. And with your eyes closed, first of all, focus on what can you hear. And for a moment, really concentrate on what can you hear externally and what can you hear internally. Mm -hmm. So externally, it could be other people's voices, it could be cars, it could be some machinery. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can just hear the silence. Yes, lucky. <laughs> but then if you think about your internal noise, the noise of your breathing, the noise of your tummy, mm -hmm. sometimes you can hear the noise of your pulse. Mm -hmm. And when you've done that, then turn your attention into what you can feel. And if you feel the, the seat beneath your 
thighs and your bottom, if you feel the clothes on your skin, if you're outside, can you feel the breeze on your face or the sun on your face? Mm -hmm. And then, having done that, how am I feeling internally? What's my emotional feeling? Mm -hmm. And where in my body am I feeling? Yeah. It only takes a moment. Mm -hmm. Then, what can I smell? What can I taste? Mm -hmm. Have I had a cup of coffee? And can I still taste the cup of coffee, for example? Mm -hmm. Or can I smell... Um, room freshener or my own mm -hmm. um, perfume or uh, uh, deodorant mm -hmm. and then very gently open your eyes and what can you see what are the colors and textures and shapes mm -hmm. what's the perspective mm -hmm. and as you've done that just for a moment then bring yourself back to the today yeah and you will feel much more resourced and time will have slowed, yeah. and you'll go out there feeling much more refreshed and much more able to deal with the day. Yes. Now, three, four minutes tops. Mm -hmm. You do that once a day, it will help. Do it a couple of times or three times a day. Mm -hmm. And it has the um, capacity to help you manage your day more effectively. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you are really, really feeling stressed and overwhelmed, then go and take yourself for a five-minute walk. Get mm -hmm. out there and into um, into the, the fresh air mm -hmm. and take some deep breaths. Take a break from the treadmill that you are on in terms of time well, because, and time expands. Because you're actually giving yourself the gift of time. Absolutely. Aren't you? Yeah. Um, and you know the cliche about uh, time. We only have the present. And yes. The gift. That's why it's called present. Yes. <laughs> Um, but it, it, it's it's very true actually, and and I believe that time can transform just by giving yourself the gift of time. Yes. You can transform things. But it's a paradox, isn't it? Because the time when you most need it is when you are most stressed and overwhelmed. Mm. When often you're least likely to think about giving yourself time because you get caught up in the drama of oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do mm. that and I've got to do the other. You know, I used to be a horse rider. Yes. And I used to um, uh, show jump and, um, and do, but dressage was my really, really fat passion. But I started at show jumping and I yes. got into dressage because my horse was very naughty and I needed to speak clearly to him. So that's what dressage is about. But one of the key things about horses, anything to do with the natural world actually, um, animals, plants, whatever, is they teach you how to view time. Yes. And one of the, I use this a lot with my husband when we're facing decisions and what's going to happen this and what should we do here and, and I say, let's just wait for the jumps to come to us. And, and it's in a the lovely horse riding metaphor, it? it is, if you rush your horse at the fence, yes. like, I've got to get over it, I've got to get over it, the horse will jump badly, the, the fence will fall, you won't yeah. win the competition or worse, you could hurt yourself. If you just let the fence come to you yes. and you think of it in that terms, yes. Um, you will be balanced, you will be yeah. impulsive, you will have um, awareness of mind, you will be able to meet the stride and jump the fence yes. gracefully. You, you know, this is, yeah. you know, it's a great image in, in my head, it means a lot because of the, the reality of but living it. I think it works for most people, doesn't it? Because yeah. how much time do people spend looking at the back, uh, mm. back at, at what's mm. gone on, over which they have no control, and worrying and whittling uh, and wishing they'd done something different. Yeah. 
And how much time do people spend looking forward yeah. and worrying about what things which might never happen yeah. um, and are not concentrating on this moment and making the most of this moment? Because it's the trust that in this moment yeah. you are doing everything that you need to in order to meet the challenges, the yes. fence that's coming towards us. And I'm us. not talking about you know, being blind about the need to plan for the future. That's fine. It's plan and then let it go. It's when you go over and over and over and over it. Mm -hmm. And so in the doing of that, you're never actually in the moment now. It's always looking forward, looking to what might happen, mm. which of course might not. Mm. Yeah. The other thing I think that I want to share with people, I mean, something that I shared with my staff when I ran my organisation and, and with clients now, is making a distinction between being busy and being productive. Yes. And what's urgent and what's important. Yes. And I think the paradox for me around technology is our understanding of urgent and important has become skewed. Yeah. Emails are a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Because they are, uh, they come in, let me just take backtrack, in the olden days, <laughs> You would wait for the post to come, and the post would come twice a day, and you would open the post, and other than the telephone, the post, I mean, perhaps fax, was your <laughs> form of communication. And they came in at more or less set times. And do you know what? We're not actually going that far back in time, are no, we, no, when no. we talk about these no, slower scenarios? I am not Methuselah, but <laughs> I remember it happening. <laughs> yeah. um, I can also remember electric typewriters where you, know, you had to use Tipex. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> and you know, if you wanted us to write to a client or to a, a, a colleague, you would write it, um, it would go to the typing pool, they would type it, yeah. it would then put in an envelope, go to the post and then would yeah. be delivered and they would get it at the earliest the next day. Yes. Now, that was quite useful in terms of you didn't get e-bombs then where people yeah. Are cross and then send an email without giving yeah. themselves an opportunity to time. Time, <laughs> um, to process it. Mm. And e bombs are quite common when people are working across the, the, the Atlantic yeah, yeah. Um, because of the time difference. So, you, with an e bomb, you open your emails, and it's a bit like Harry Potter. <laughs> They get um, <laughs> this bomb open, uh, which is full of vitriol and, and uh, righteousness, the indignation. Um, but actually, if you'd had time to draft a letter, have your typist um, type it, then yeah. read it, yeah. you would be more measured. Yeah. So I think making the distinction between what's important and what's urgent, and actually starting to control technology, I think the tail is wagging the dog, mm. so that you don't allow the ping um, for your emails to come through and stop what you're doing, uh -huh. that you manage how you manage your technology rather than it managing you. Yeah. And I think the same is true. There used to be a cut-off time. You stopped work mm -hmm. and you weren't contacted, but people more and more, the technology means that because you can be contacted 24-7, mm -hmm. people are contacted and then feel the need that they have to respond yes. in common. And so the boundaries between work and home have become so blurred that I think that it makes us 
anxious and stressed about time, mm -hmm. it has a detrimental effect on daily living and on relationships, mm -hmm. and it's doing none of us any good. And one of the things that I urge leaders to do, leaders and managers, is to um, show the example that being long hours at work does not necessarily make you, in fact, the research shows it, it makes you less productive. That's right. Yeah. Because there's no downtime, no time to recharge your batteries. Yeah. And creativity, problem solving, mm. solution finding get very significantly mm. diminished as a result. It's true, isn't it? Especially in the business context. I mean, there is that very old phrase, time is money. But yes. it's often the case that many people forget it in the moment or don't yeah. apply the, the actual meaning of that. Yes. Because time is the one resource that we cannot get back. No. We always get money back. Yep. Well, and energy, I would say. And you can always get energy back. Mm, well, you can get more energy. I don't think you can get the energy you've spent back. No, 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 no. But, but you yeah. can replenish. You can replenish yes. your energy, but you yes. can't get it back. But you can't ever get time back. No, no. I mean, you've only ever got your span yeah. of life. Unless we learn to do time travel, or you believe that Doctor Who is real, <laughs> um, no, we can't get it back. For me, there are three finite resources. Yeah. Time, energy, and money. Yes. You can use your money to buy other people's time and energy. Yes. And you can make more money, but you can't make what you've lost. Yeah. Your energy you can use once, mm -hmm. you can replenish that energy, mm -hmm. but that's new energy. Mm -hmm. yes. And then your time is absolutely finite. Once you've used it, it's gone. Yes. And so for me, it makes absolute sense to use those three resources really wisely. Yes. And not to waste them. Mm. I mean... I'd like to ask those of you that are actually listening to this, how often have you spent time whittling and worrying about something and it's never happened? Oh. All the time, Gina. And I think <laughs> I do it and I know that pretty well every human being on the planet, unless they have some um, condition, um, is likely to spend time. Yes. Worrying about things, whittling and letting it go round and round in their minds. Mm. But it doesn't actually do anything. No. And um, how many people spend time regretting things that they have or haven't done? Mm. Or worrying about what other people will think? Mm. Worry for me is a huge time waster. Mm. It's it it destroys the quality of the time when you are worrying about. And I think one of the things that, that, that can make the most significant difference to people in terms of the use of their time mm. is to recognise that if they want a quality of time, they have to be mindful. Mm. They have to think about the quality of their thinking. Those of you that have listened to our conversations will be very familiar now with the principle that 95% of, of mm -hmm. our thinking is habitual. Yeah. So if we can get into a habitual state where we really value our time, yes. then it's a double plus, isn't it? Uh, yes, and I mean, these phrases of time will heal and yeah. um, take your time, and, and they're, they're, well, as you get older, I mean, you know, I can remember when I was yeah. you know, running 10 miles to the dozen, and my father would say to me, Stop being so keen to, to be older than you are. Yes. You know, live the life now. 
And I think, what, what, what are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have yeah. you been a teenager? Do you know how awful it is? I'm so desperate to get to the next stage. And, uh, and but as you get older, you begin to realise that actually, if you're facing an insurmountable, in inverted commas, insurmountable problem, yeah. if you've got um, worries and concerns, if you are looking at something that you really, really want, and yeah. you want it so badly, you wish yes. it was in your hands now, but somehow it can never quite get there, that the gift you can give yourself is go sleep on it, yes. or walk away and spend half an hour doing something else. Yes. Use that value of time, yeah. and time itself will begin to present there's uh, a, solutions. A, as time goes on, there's a number of things going on. Our perspective shifts. And some of you will mm. be familiar with the exercise that, or strategy that I offer, um, and that's the mountain molehill test. Yes, that's Is a this a one. mountain or a molehill now? Yes. Well, by tomorrow, will it still be a mountain? Mm. And what about the end of the week? Mountain or molehill? Mm. By the end of the year? And what about the end of your life looking back? Will mm. this thing which seems so big now, Mm. Will that still seem, in the context of, of much more time, mm. will it still be a mountain? Yeah. And if you're going to downgrade it to a molehill, why not downgrade it now? So you see, you can be time traveller, can't you? Well, in a sense, <laughs> absolutely. In the same way that you can actually have the intention of imagining yourself. One of the exercises I do with people is that I'll do timeline work. Yes. And so I'll, I will get them into a resource state by mm -hmm. getting them to think about something that's happened in the past, mm -hmm. a form of time travel. Yes. So you can access a time when you felt confident or felt happy. Yes. And just imagine yourself in that time. Yeah. And experience the same feelings that you did in that, in that place in that time. Let's talk mm -hmm. about... It's using a trigger and then anchoring that very, very positive state. Yes. And then imagine that you're walking forward into your future. Mm. So if, how would it be if in that positive state, if you were like that in a day's time, and mm. now a week, mm. and then a month? And how about if you spent a whole year in that confident, positive state? Mm. And then what about if you get to the end of your life? And I don't want to limit people, so I usually use mm. 735. Nice. And you get to that stage <laughs> and you've gathered wisdom along the way. Mm. And I ask clients to think about what wisdom, as that 735-year-old, are you going to offer the you of today? Mm. Now, in reality, what I'm allowing people to do, what I'm encouraging them to do, is to tap into their inner wisdom, their wise selves. Mm. And... I can say categorically, 100% of the time, mm. when people are given, and this exercise gives them permission to take the time, mm. they have the wisdom that they need to deal with the situation. Yes. They don't think they have. No. But the exercise, the timeline work, in my opinion, mm. what that allows them to do, if you like, mm. is to get the perspective that time would naturally give them, Yes. but in a concentrated Yes. Concertinaed way. Yes. And so you can do that for yourself if you just mm. sit quietly and think, you know, when I am on my most resourced, how would I deal with this? Yeah. And if I was in a resource state in a, in a day's time, how would that be yes. in a week's time? Yes. But the other thing is that if you don't feel resourced, you can actually do the same thing by borrowing the resources of somebody else. Mm. And, well, if I'm in this difficult situation... 
would Gandhi do in this situation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Winston Churchill. Yeah. And one of my clients, for example, calls upon Aslan the Lion from The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Yeah, good character. A very wise character. Oh. And asks Aslan, what would you do? Mm. It, the character you choose doesn't matter. It's no, got to no, be no, one no. that works for you. Yeah. But you can draw upon that perspective, that wisdom, mm. and in reality you're drawing upon your own. Mm. So time is, a, is one of those things which I think people will often concentrate on one area of their life in mm. order to achieve success. Mm. And it's very common for that to be their professional life. Yes. And they're so um, driven to succeed in their professional life that their personal life and their relationships get neglected. Mm. And one of the things that, again, I've used with clients that they found very helpful is to use a planning sheet. Mm -hmm. And the planning sheet, some people find it works if they do it weekly, some fortnightly and some monthly. Mm -hmm. No longer than that. Mm. And what they, they do is that they create a list of those areas of their life that they believe are important. So work, but family personal relationship, yes. health and fitness, mm -hmm. wealth, mm -hmm. spirituality, yeah. um, doing things for others. The, the, the headings are theirs, not mine. Yes. And then I ask them to plan once a week to make, if it's a weekly one or once a fortnight or once mm. a month, to make sure that there is a balance mm. across the week of things to ensure that work carries on, mm. but things so that they really... Um, allow there to be time for their relationship mm. or for their family or for spirituality yes. and over that period of time to make sure that there is something in there mm. for every area of their life yes and what it does i think is it highlights for those people what are their priorities and yeah. why are those important yeah. and they give themselves permission to book in mm time to do these things oh. and then put that in their diary and that becomes um they're promised to themselves that that's what they're going to do yes and they create boundaries then around yes. those things which they think are important yes and you know i know from my own experience i i did not value my health it wasn't any surprise that i was in a you know permanently in a wheelchair oh. um and it's only when I became conscious of that mm. that I started to make time for my health. Yes. And as a result, my health has improved. Yes. And the same is true. If you want your relationships to improve, then you've got to invest a bit of time in them. Yes. Um, yes. And some constructive, positive time. Yes. Um, and you know, by looking at this in a holistic way mm. and recognising that you can, um, you can create time... Mm by being mindful, yeah, yeah. then you can have a very different quality of life. Because when you come to the end of your life, yeah. and you're looking back over it, yes. um, in the grand scheme of the three resources that you have, yes. the bronze medal has to go to money. There's not many people on their deathbeds are saying, I wish I'd had more money. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, by that stage, they've, they've reached a certain level of um, understanding and, and knowledge to understand that Money is not the root of all happiness. No. Possibly a root of all freedom, maybe, but not happiness well, it, necessarily. It, for some it gives freedom and choice. For others it just becomes a noose around their neck. Yeah. The next one has to be energy. The, yes. The silver medal goes to 
to energy in the sense that perhaps when I am lying on my deathbed, I will say, I wish I'd had more energy to do. Yes. Maybe I'd say that. But I pretty much guarantee that if I have any regrets at the end of my life, it will be around, I wish I'd had more time to do this. Or to be with someone. Yes. Um, Time to spend. Yes. Ultimately, I think that the things that we come to recognise are important are relationships. Yes. And understanding that relationships make the difference between um, how we uh, respond to other people, what we do, Mm. and the connections that we have with people are absolutely vital. Um, Those are the things that people... I wish I had repaired the relationship that was... um, you value most about your time Um, and I'd love to know please let us know through the website www.genuinely-u.com and also um, you can let us know through Facebook or um, the Genuinely You group if you're not already a member then I would really urge you to become a member of the Genuinely You group on Facebook and you can find us also on LinkedIn um, Gina Gardner on LinkedIn um, and leave connect and leave a comment there. How do you spend your time? What are the things that are vital to you? What are the things that are incredibly important to you? And what are your challenges? And let us know. We'd love to know. And if we can help, if there are any themes that you would like us to cover in future conversations, please let us know that. If you go to the website, which is www genuinely-u.com there's lots of other resources there you can find all of the other conversations and I think um, you'll find there now over 50 conversations covering all sorts of things Mm -hmm. Um, you'll be able to download a free um, copy of my latest um, book which is Thriving Not Surviving The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment Mm -hmm. and access to the TV show, the Genuinely You TV show so um, Look forward to seeing you in uh, future shows. Thank you very, very much um, for joining us here today. Um, this is Gina Gardner from Passionate World Radio saying cheerio. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.